Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. I mean, who the hell is this guy? Just who the fuck is he? Who is he? You want to know who he is? Sir. Try this. Delve down into the deepest bowels of your soul. Try to imagine the ultimate fucking nightmare. And that won't come close to this son of a bitch when he gets pissed. Well, sir, uh, I think that we, we got that one covered because he seems to be pretty pissed. Very pissed. Then I suggest you try and stop him. Oh, now it's getting really funky. Of production engineering to make sure our group is acting smooth, and a man that for almost three years has been my own personal dream weaver. Say hello to. It only feels like ten minutes. <laughs> time flies when you're with me. I swear to God, you lose all sense of time and space. Of course, every group on centers around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo. To everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world, y'all. How you doing, Palo Mine? I'm doing great. Another well, beautiful South Florida day. It's a bit warm. It's a bit warm. It is. It's a oh, bit warm and that. humid. A little humid out there. We'll go. We're, what are we up to now? About 83? 83. I was thinking of wearing the short pants today, but I thought <laughs> it's just it's, it's a little too warm for me right now. It's just you know. Boy, I, I really liked it when it was full on winter and we were in the seventies. I know, I know. That those two days have come and gone. Brutal yumminess. That was that was it. I survived the winter of two thousand and eighteen, all thirty seven hours of it. I got to wear my leather jacket. Three <laughs> on three non consecutive occasions. Did this you year. and you got to wear the hat. Remember the hat? Yes. The hat that yes, I gave you that actually hat. got and put to use. I love it. I've actually got a uh, Larger than usual smile on my face today since it's that time of the year again when hope springs eternal because today is the day that New York Mets pitchers and catchers report to Port St. Lucie. So, do you uh, do you go there? Do you stalk them up there? I do, do I stalk them? No, but I, I try and, you know, I made a game last year that, you know, that was a lot of fun. I got a shout out to Mark Paul and all of the base playing Mets fans everywhere around the world. I'm, I'm you know, look, the beginning of the year, there's one thing. That I that everybody knows. Every team is going to win fifty four games. Every team is going to lose fifty four games. What happens to the other fifty four games? That matters. Okay, that's what everybody knows for sure. So I'm hoping we win like one hundred and eight games. Of course, that uh, that would put us in record breaking category even for the NLEs. Uh, lots of stuff to get to today, though. So we need to kind of get to. It. Let me see what we got here. We got uh, what we got. Ted Cruz begins his quest. 
for the holy grail of asset forfeiture in furtherance of his quest for the unholiest of walls. Elon Musk burns through his inventory of personal flamethrowers faster than Sherman to Atlanta and then gives thanks for the fire sale success by sacrificing his roadster to the gods. (laughs) Harley Davidson submits to progress while in the midst of its darkest days since the great AMF plague of the 1970s. Um, What else we got here? Oh, yeah, here we go. Pennsylvania House member Chris Dush admits that his best hope for retaining his gerrymandered district seat is by impeaching five of the Keystone State's nine Supreme Keystone cops, plus wise words from Sensei Steven Seagal, (laughs) crude humor from Rich Hall, and a little later on, I am going to uh, continue to shine a spotlight on the recent 30% tariff that President Trump recently imposed on solar panels manufactured in China. I did a little bit on that last week. I'm going balls to the right. wall this week to explain why it's totally ludicrous and historical tie-in to Harley Davidson. There is a historical tie-in there. Of course, all of that is going to be gloriously bathed in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. And, yeah, for the first time, in keeping with my pledge last year to... uh shove some sort of listener participation into the show, you know, the, yeah. hey man, can I close? There is going to be a contest. I announced, you know, I, I scribed it in the uh, Facebook promo, gave a little hint there, okay, and there's going to be an actual prize of a SoFlo Radio shirt awarded to the first correct answer emailed to me at C at SoFloRadio.com, or if you actually know me, Feel free to text me the answer. And just so you don't think that here at SoFlow Radio, okay, that we are low-rent, cheapskate, tax-dodging, shyster scumbags like some folks out there. I'm not talking about some flimsy t-shirt. Mm. Negative Big Duke 6. I have got a large, soon-to-be-laundered, collared mm. shirt with the pocket for your smokes. And that is sitting right and, on my and, bedroom and dresser. Just right, just waiting to be claimed by somebody out there. Now, I indicated uh, that uh, the accompanying picture that I uh, put up in the post on Facebook was a bit of a clue. It's a picture of surfers at Kavah Beach, which is uh, a little bit west of Black Sand Beach in the Big Island. Well, here's another hint. Okay, I got another hint for you. One guitar ain't enough for this axe, man, so you better make it two. Now, there's your next hint. So that's going to be coming up later during the drive groove. It is just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah. Hollywood. Ooh, Florida, that is. <laughs> that means it's just past 9 o'clock in the Big Island. A lot of the Kyle crew. Just past 7 at night in Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, and the rest of Western Europe. And just past 10 p.m. in Istanbul, Turkey, where RCG is propping up the groove on the banks of the Sea of Marmara. There you go. A little, little geography there. You get your, you're, you're looking this one up now? The Sea of no, Marmara. No, I forgot to turn my ringer off. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yo, Gramps, you ready to put your finger to good use over there? I'm ready. All right, then get ready to use that mouse to serve up a large bucket of deep-fried Groovathon that is finger-clicking good on SoFloRadio.com. Yeah. 
vibe. God is calling for my body, let my spirit fly. I want it all. No lie. Picture the watch ain't platinum, the rock's not blue. Picture y'all knowing how I do. Picture me, better yet, picture you. Painting a better picture than the one that I need. gentlemen thank you so much for everything you've ever done thank you for 110 million gallons of oil we can use that thank you so much fuck me we needed that the coastlines of mississippi alabama and louisiana are all covered in oil ladies and gentlemen we're talking hundreds of dollars worth of damage the ceo of bp a uh, shrew-faced corporate pimp stick by the name of Tony Hayward, who won't even fucking grow up here and own up to the fact that he's created the biggest ecological disaster on the planet, keeps opening his mouth and digging bigger fucking holes every time. 
Jesus Christ, Tony, what the fuck have you done to us, you bastard? These are some of the more sterling pronouncements that Tony Hayward has come up with. The Gulf of Mexico is a big ocean. And the amount of oil we've actually put into it is tiny in comparison to the amount of water on the planet. First of all, Tony, the Gulf of Mexico is a gulf. It's part of the ocean. You don't even know what fucking body of water you're pumping oil out of, you prick. What the fuck is wrong with you? In comparison to the actual amount of water on the planet. That's like saying, well, if you shoot a fat man with a bullet, due to the actual body mass, it's a relatively tiny mortal wound. I think uh, what Tony Hayward is saying is that uh, if you work for him, it's okay to pee in the water cooler on Monday morning. Amount of uh, pee in comparison to the body of water in the water cooler will be fairly negligible. How much fucking worse does this get? Turns out, Rich, it gets a lot worse. Listen, if you fucked up 760 times, right? That would be a lot, right? That's what I thought. BP has been had 760 health and safety violations. And uh, I guess that's understandable. And they're drilling for oil, right? It's going to be dangerous. And uh, the next company closest to that is Sunoco. They have eight. Eight violations. 768. Tony Hayward, biggest ecological disaster ever. He can't even fucking tell his kid to clean up his room.
was interesting how do you i didn't I, realize you could loop it anything is possible with these uh, contraptions but um, <laughs> in any event that was that was an interesting segue from warren zevon back into uh philip says uh, <laughs> warren zevon standing in the fire from standing in the fire it's a uh, live album he did he did like a five night stint at the uh, roxy back in 19 it's a fantastic fantastic record before that the meters ride your pony from funkify your life the meters anthology we love that. Before that, Rich Hall doing a uh, little bit on the uh, BP disaster, which I thought was very funny. That whole thing about how, you know, relative to the amount of water in the Gulf, 
<laughs> he's like, so obviously you don't mind just coming in and putting a little piss in the uh, water cooler in the morning because, you know. I, I, I liked Rich Hall. He was I, a good he's, guy. He's hilarious, man. Before that, Amory doing one thing. That is the remix with Jay-Z came out in 2005 on her second uh, CD touch. Before that, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings pick it up and lay it in the cut. From Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. That came out in 2002. That is the uh, first album that was ever released on the Dap Tone label. I played a whole bunch of stuff from that label. Uh, love it. They're coming out with great, great stuff and have been doing so now for about, for well over 10 years. They just have a ton of great stuff. And kicking off the set, Philip Sace, Blood on Your Hands from Peace Machine came out in 2009. That cat's from, uh, from Wales. He did a lot of work. Uh, he was a guitar player on several of, uh, Melissa Etheridge's albums. So, there you go, Rockin'. So, all of them. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not even going to bother. I mean, you and I both agree that curling is a, it's you can't fast, look away. It's fascinating. Uh, we can, I can't look away from that shit. That's why I love it. I love watching curling. I really can. I like the Winter Olympics more than I do the Summer Olympics. The Winter Olympics Without a are, no pun intended, cooler. They just are. The sports <laughs> yeah, are cooler. It's just cooler shit, man. It's uh, I I will say this most most. I'm waiting for him to get like the the snowmobile, like the four man, like the winter X Games type shit. They start getting that snowmobiling shit. Compared, you you have to admit that compared to the Summer Olympics, the the Winter Olympics have the most. This sport could kill you. Oh, sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Half or more are you could die. Those guys are cooking on the the on the loose that one handed. The the guy, the one person. Where, where he like sure. lays back and he has to use his feet or whatever? Are you kidding me? At any point in time, I'm just waiting for the day when somebody like hits one of those turns. They do. And goes they do. Flying off. They man. do. There's a statistic. People die doing that. That's why you know. I remember telling people that the scariest roller coaster in the entire world still is the cyclone at Coney Island. Okay, and the reason is this: it's a wooden cyclone, and if you go over there, go over to the the beach side of it. It, because it's it's perpendicular to the beach, it's, mm-hmm. you know it goes like that. If you go while it's running and go over to the beach and stand underneath it, you can see like splinters coming yeah. off oh, of the wood. Yeah. And the first big dip goes; it goes all the way down, comes all the way back up, and then it goes into this hard right hand curve. Okay, and it's at the very top, closest to the beach. And I'm just, you know, every time you're on that, that could be the last time. That could be the time when the roller coaster just goes flying off in the direction of England. It could just mm-hmm. literally go flying off like that. That's the way I look at these things. At any point in time, one of these things could just go, you know, airborne and right. get out of there. So, hey, Groovathon bump in full effect during the Super Bowl. You remember I was talking about uh, the guy from the Houston Texans, the football player who had done that uh, crowdfund thing to raise money for the yes. hurricane? Okay, this guy, J.J. Watts, he raised, like, tons and tons of money. And what appealed to me was that he wasn't just randomly spending. He said, you know, I'm going to hang on to it. Let's let the uh, the Red Cross and FEMA and all these people who come in immediately do all their thing. And then when they go, that's when the, the you know, that's when we need to start spending the money. What What happens after they leave? And so he was doing it like that, which I thought was brilliant. Well, guess what? He won the Walter Payton Award. Okay. Uh, this year it was it, given out uh, during the Super Bowl, and it's basically an award that is given to a player who has the greatest combination of both on the field accomplishments and skill in the game, and off the field accomplishments as far as what he's done 
for humanity, for his neck of the woods, for whatever. And I've been singing J.J. Watt's praises. Well, guess what? Yeah, Groovathon bump. I yeah. love it. I love it. The Groovathon bump. It's nice to know that, you know, the Peyton family is is tuning into the show. I think that's dynamite. Uh, let me see what else. Well, you know, I, I told you about this earlier. It's nice to know that Bill Maher is still... A, sure. big, a big fan. It was yes. nice nice of him to, uh, you know, redo it's, the horror. The horror. It, it's not plagiarism. It's homage. It's homage. That's right. exactly it. I'm I'm absolutely, I mean, and even when he's, you know, when he's on his own, he gets it right most of the time. Okay? You know, when he, when he doesn't have me to kind of prop him up or anything. Nice of him to also start... Uh, Mentioning the Dunning Kruger effect, he's a bit late. He's a bit late to that. Yeah, well, they've right. been making the rounds lately. So they have, they're, yeah, in, they're in the news. It is because uh, we yeah, were bringing a, that up. What about a year ago? There's a tour. Yeah, there's a Dunning yeah. Kruger. It's a bus tour. Mm-hmm. Really? I love that. Well, some mm-hmm. some quick eleven notes, cities. Yeah, some quick notes from the retail economy. Best Buy will cease selling CDs later this year. Meanwhile, Target is asking record labels to buy back any unsold inventory. This is interesting. Um. 89 million CDs were purchased in all of 2017. In 2001, that number peaked at 800 million. And a lot of these were sold by retail giants like Best Buy and Target. But the interest has waned, so the amount of space in these stores dedicated to such inventory. So Best Buy is going to stop selling them. And Target's going to ask record labels to front the costs of the CDs, so they're going to be obligated to buy them back. So on June the 1st, no more CDs. But I thought this was interesting. Best Buy will continue to sell vinyl for at least two years, but titles will now be merchandised with turntables. What's Ooh. all this new? Welcome to Retro Mofo. Nice bundle. We love it, baby. Clicks and pops. We love mm-hmm. that. You know the, the. That's how you know it's real. Yeah, the t- that's exactly it. And the uh, was it Target's reportedly pressuring record companies into signing consignment agreements under such a scenario. The label would be required to purchase back any unsold inventory. Though Target only stocks 100 titles at any given time, it's still responsible for a sizable chunk of sales. For example, last year, Target moved, you ready for this, 500,000 copies of Taylor Swift's latest CD, Reputation. What that okay. reputation is, I I cannot say. But uh, So I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, in the uh, in the modern world, meanwhile... The uh, the man who should be gleefully sponsoring this show, okay, yes. Elon Musk, yes, managed to sell all of his flamethrowers, his personal, you know, flamethrowers for the individual. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not like the kind of thing you see during you know World at War movies where we went in and basically toasted Tokyo, you know. Okay, it's not like that. These are these are for the common man, the average guy who just needs you know who hasn't. Needed a flamethrower and thought that been without one. I know I, I know I have had occasion mm-hmm. where I needed a flamethrower and was like, damn, you know, I wish I could just go out and like go and buy a flamethrower. Well, Elon Musk solving that problem, man. That shit sold out. Yeah, like but that. they're not very practical. Even if you shoot a zombie with it, then you got zombie on fire, set and fired everything. I know it's, I, I, I'm really the, the thing that I'm just wondering. I'd love to see the demographic breakdown of who bought it. Like, you know, which people bought it. You know, where in the country it was sold. I bet you they have that. Oh, well. I just, I have the feeling that there weren't a lot of people living in New York City apartments who were all avid to buy a flamethrower. 
<laughs> I just I think that's one of those things where having property is kind of a prerequisite to truly enjoying getting the most out of your flamethrower. You know, and uh I guess he uh he was so happy about the uh, success of that fire sale that mm-hmm. he basically launched his own personal Tesla Roadster out into the heavens as a sacrifice to the gods for uh you know, for this particular money making scheme. I, I, I can't help but but chuckle. I just, I just, <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you something. They shot that yeah. rocket off, and the two out of the three booster rockets yeah, came back came back successfully. This is That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you say, that is, that's yeah, like, well, that's, that's literally, we're, that launch itself, right there, that is launching us into a new era. Yeah, well, that's the, the whole thing. It's like, it, it, we, we got to test this rocket. Yeah, All right, well, let's do it with some style and some flair. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the fact that they, they, like, you put a guy in the, yeah. in the car. You know, and, and, and don't panic there, the, the, you know, the Douglas Adams. Don't the, panic right, yeah, yeah, the, on, the, on the screen. It's great. Yeah, I people were like, "Oh, he spent all this money just to shoot his car out there." They no, were testing you know, a rocket. Testing a rocket, you, you little. She's saving the world. Leave Elon alone. I know, really. He's the Tesla, the uh, Nikolai Tesla of the modern age. Yeah, he's the, the Tesla the, of the Tesla with the solar panels and uh, and everything. Well, that's why I named it that. It's like so, I'm gonna name it after this pigeon lover. This one caught my eye, and and this is kind of ironic because the the headline originally was. Trump's entire wall will be paid for by one person, and you'll never guess who. Okay, Senator Cruz is attempting to go for the holy grail of asset forfeiture. He wants to get fourteen billion dollars that is believed to be uh, El Chapo's. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. Okay, and he says that he wants he's putting a bill in the House, or you know, he wants to put forth legislation or whatever. All right. Now, the ironic thing about this is that the site that posted this uh, particular story that I had bookmarked is called TopAlertNews.com. Well, guess what? Their account has been suspended by their provider. Apparently, they uh, they lied a lot, and so the provider took them offline. What? Oh, okay. Oops. I thought, you know, I said to a friend of mine, I said it would be a good thing if we could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you could actually pull this one off, fine. Take that fourteen bill, billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, use it for the wall. Okay. I also said I thought that uh, by that measure, I also think that it would be a good idea for Wells Fargo and HSBC to have to fully fund the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the DEA because those banks were responsible for laundering billions and billions of dollars of mm-hmm. drug money. So why not take? Why not make them have to for you know? forfeit their assets mm-hmm. and then use it to fight the bullshit that they were engaging in. Right. So I think that would be interesting. I'll tell you, here's the thing, though. The question is, where exactly is this $14 billion that Ted Cruz talks about? Okay, where is it? Okay. Uh, I didn't see yeah. it. Why are you looking at me? But that's the whole thing. <laughs> if, if this bill gets any support, I can tell you right now uh, what's almost going to certainly stop it in distraction. That's going to be the banking lobby because if any of that money turns out to be in an American bank account, Okay, let's just say that somebody's going to wind up getting smacked around on C-SPAN right before he's forced to go back to his beach house in the Hamptons and grab his checkbook. Okay, because he'll never go to jail. They'll just make him pay and pay and pay. Rich people don't go to prison. $14 is a shitload of moolah. Okay, it really is. All right, so either it's under the world's largest mattress or it has been thoroughly washed and is nesting in bank accounts, many of which 
are under U.S. United States auspices. Either way, I can't wait to see Ted Cruz try and pull off this one. I really, I, I'm, I want to see what happens mm-hmm. if he can get this, you know, get some legs on this. All right, because I want to see who tries to fight it. That's going to be because you would think nobody would. You would think that this would be a win every way possible, wouldn't you? If you can actually. This sounds like Treasure Island. Where are the doubloons? You know, yeah, like, exactly. Maybe, maybe there's know. a map. Maybe El Chapo has a treasure map. That's well, you know, yeah, but that you know, at the end of that treasure map, it's going to be like Al Capone's vault. You know, with the Geraldo Rivera. I, I, there ain't yeah. going to be nothing but an empty Pepsi bottle in it. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I just, the I just thought that was. I'm I'm anxious to see where this one goes. So keep an eye on that. Uh, a bunch of stuff that recently popped up on my personal Trump radar screen. I was thinking that. Uh, Getting called a demeaning name in a Trump tweet is becoming a badge of honor like being featured on a year-end Barbara Walters special used to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's like the new, that's that's the badge now. Mm-hmm. You know, if Trump gives you, you know, if he, he has some sort of demeaning, nasty nickname for you in a tweet, it's like being, it's like having a good feature on 60 Minutes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, considering to do, you know, people were talking about fake news mm-hmm. versus real news. You know, one of the things that I've been wondering about and and kind of thinking about is not just fake news versus real news, but real news versus irrelevant news. Okay, yeah. Okay, all this news that's out there, even if it's factually based, so much of it is just completely and utterly irrelevant. It's just a distraction, no matter how authentic. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's designed... Okay, specifically to, hey, look over here while I, you know, basically use you like a fucking sock puppet. Right. All right. Uh, let me see. I thought this, I wrote down, this is the perfect environment for an Oliver North or G. Gordon Liddy to thrive in. You know, one of these guys in one of these suit, you know. Like, or, or Alex Jones. Or, yeah, no, 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 no. This has got to be somebody like in, you know, in one of these three-digit you know, spy organizations oh, that have okay. proliferated since 2001. You know, there's like mm-hmm. a bunch of them that's like, they're all like, it's, they're, they're, it's not the CIA. It's like the CIA as a DBA, you know, doing mm-hmm. business as, <laughs> right. you know, it's the LLC of the CIA. But you know, this is the perfect environment for somebody who's had like a plan that they knew would never make it past Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, Iran Contra comes to mind right off the top of my head. All right. yep. This is the perfect environment because nobody's watching a fucking store. So nope. one of these, you know, there's some yokel out there who thinks I've got the way if we just do this. And, you know, like somewhere it's based on patriotism. And yet the plan is 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 it's contingent upon screwing over somebody who has no power in America. <laughs> right. Like that's kind of a leg that props up part of the plan and without that. It goes mm-hmm. away. So this is the perfect environment for that. I, I said that if Trump were, were smart, he'd start a fake conspiracy story. He'd like have one carefully developed and then make sure that the New York Times, okay, picked up on it through their own sources. Okay, that way he could then debunk it. Okay, he gets a twofer. He gets to fuck over, fuck the New York Times, mm-hmm. and he gets to have everybody think that all this stuff is fake anyway. So that when the real stuff comes out, it's already tainted. Uh, here's one. Do you remember the, you remember the acronym during the Cold War? MAD, right? Mutual Destroyed Destruction? Yes, yes, of okay. course. Big fan of it. Yes. I think that this is what's going on with Trump and Putin. I okay. think Putin's got video and, you know, of Trump, the Russian 
P room. Trademark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also think that Trump has all the goods on Putin's uh, banking nefariousness around the world. I think they both have enough shit on each other. Maybe. However, if if Putin and uh, understand something, what what could Putin be up to that we don't already know? Quite obviously, like uh, you know, Olympic doping. Oh, this is all or, about this is all Crimea. about power. This is all about sure. him. So, what could power. anybody have on Putin? And you know, Trump, Trump least of all. Well, what, I think you know what I think it is. I think that there's a lot of money that Putin and his plutocrat pals. Have well, they, they've funneled in, yeah. in America. Yeah, have in American yeah. assets, okay. and I think that discovering that, you know, well, they are discovering that. That's that's one of the prongs of Mueller's uh, investigation. I know is the money, the money laundering that's been going Follow on. Follow the money, it's baby. A five point uh, star going on. Interesting tidbit on NPR this morning about the Olympic doping. I just reminded myself of. They were going into the whole thing. the The specifics of it is a very fascinating story. But uh, then towards the end, they were saying, and and by the way, almost as an aside. <laughs> Um, the Putin blamed the United States, you know, when the Olympic committee, uh, sanctioned Russia and said that the, uh, remember the following games, they couldn't perform under the Russian flag. They had to perform under independent countries and, sure. and, and they, and, uh, and somebody else would be drug testing them and they wouldn't, uh, and all of that Putin blamed the United States for, <laughs> for that. And this is supposed to be his revenge. Trump. Really? <laughs> this, yeah, this is this. Well, this me- meddling, meddling in the in, in the election using whoever this guy. Yeah, Trump. He owes us some money. Continually uh, you know, troll the shit out, man. I mean, we yeah. just fell for that. that no, but this thing is, was like you know what? The, and in this it. in this regard, the, you know, they're very the same. They're vindictive, petty people. Yeah. You know who uh, who, who like you know one upmanship and revenge. They're all they're all driven by that. Horrible yeah. horrible people. Should be done away with. things is is perfect. I mean, we this Ugh. one was like the Democrats just fall for this shit every time. Okay, mm-hmm. basically we just got trolled by the Republicans. Of course, yeah. you know all the Republicans on the uh, the committee, okay, in the House voted in favor of releasing the Democratic ten page memo, which was in response to the Republican four page memo. And you know, of course they did because that keeps a, this fucking MacGuffin of a story alive. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. And somebody described it as a nothing burger. Yeah. And I said that uh, I guess Trump didn't like the condiments that the Democrats tried to spread on Nunez's nothing burger. That was that was my that was my take on the whole thing. I think the memo thing is truly the most ludicrous non story ever. It's yeah, a absolutely. Non-story. It was a dry fart. It was a yeah, fart in a windstorm. All, yeah. There was nothing there. My, my friend wrote down, I got a constitutional crisis. I got it while it was hot. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, for some reason, it was like one of those things where I thought to myself, damn, I wish I'd have thought of that one because that, you know, uh-huh. somebody, it, it's it's there. It's like laying out there and I didn't come and snatch it up. I was, I was, I don't know. I was a little disappointed in myself for that. So this one matters. Um, Pennsylvania GOP leader defies court order on gerrymandering. Right, they gerrymandered a new gerrymandered map. That's exactly, yeah, okay. Um, hang on a second, let me see if we've got this here. I know I do, I just want to get rid of that. Um, would you please? No, well, I'm trying to stop it, you know, there's only so much I can say about that. Pennsylvania Republicans moved Friday to vacate the state Supreme Court's decision, striking down the state's congressional map on the grounds that one Democratic justice should have been disqualified from voting in the case. In its 5-2 ruling last month, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court held... The congressional map was so partisan that it, quote, 
clearly, plainly, and palpably, unquote, violated the state's constitution. Now, uh, lawyers for House Speaker Michael Terzai, who's a Republican, and Senate President pro tempore Joe Scarnati, there's a guy, I, I just can't help myself, um, asked the court to throw out multiple orders in the case because they say Justice David Wecht, who is a Democrat, had taken a position opposing gerrymandering during the 2015 campaign in his high court seat. Okay, I, I'm the the thing that cracks me up the most is they're pissed off because a Supreme Court justice had spoken out against gerrymandering mm. before making a ruling on gerrymandering. Right, doesn't seem to bother them when they speak out in favor, you know, of, uh, in opposition to abortion before ruling on opposing abortion. Right, that doesn't bother. Them. No, that's okay. hard thing. Well, the leaders unveiled their revamped Pennsylvania congressional map, and they did it, of course. On the uh, the Friday night news dump. They did it like Friday at like 8 o'clock at night. And what I thought was interesting was, and I've got the letter right here. Where is this it right here? This is it. It was a uh, letter that was sent on February the 5th to all House members. And this is in the Pennsylvania State House. It's from Representative Chris Dush. And the subject is impeachment of five Pennsylvania Supreme Court justices. Okay, the ruling was five to two, and his belief is that all five who vote in favor of it should be impeached. Okay, uh, well, let me see. Uh, they, the act of blah blah blah. It's, uh, what is it? It's the League of Women Voters of Pennsylvania at all versus the Commonwealth. Uh, he said that uh, clearly, plainly, and palpably violates the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And what they said that 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 belief that the Districting, as it was drawn mm-hmm. up, clearly, plainly, and palpably violates the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And his this guy, Chris Dush, he said, on this sole basis, they struck it down as unconstitutional. The court further enjoined the future use of the act in elections for Pennsylvania seats. The court, in its order, mandates that the Pennsylvania General Assembly chooses, quote, to submit a congressional district plan that satisfies requirements of the Pennsylvania Constitution. So they had to turn that over by Friday, which they did. He says, the order overrides the express legislative and executive authority found in Article 4, Section 15 of the Pennsylvania Constitution concerning the governor's veto authority and the General Assembly's subsequent authority to override such veto. Article 4, Section 15 clearly lays out a path, a bill must take to become law. The five justices who signed this order that blatantly and clearly contradicts the plain language of the Pennsylvania Constitution engaged in a misbehavior in office. Wherefore, each is guilty of an impeachable offense warranting removal from office and disqualification to hold any office or trust or profit under this commonwealth. I would ask you to please join me in co-sponsoring this legislation. Okay? Yeah, really, Okay. Basically, this guy's saying that without a gerrymandered district, his job is going to go the way of the dinosaur. Now, I've seen the new districts drawn up, okay, and it doesn't it doesn't look like what we're used to these days, which is you know a Rorschach yeah, tests, Roy, a yeah. dissected salamander's innards, you know, spread out, thrown against the wall, just you know, it doesn't look like that. I think it's funny that this guy though is basically. Fighting against, because it all comes down to something called the uh, elections clause mm-hmm. in the Constitution, which basically states that the, each individual state has the right 
to draw up its own maps. And the only way those can be thrown out is by Congress. And Congress has laid, laid that at the feet of various state Supreme Courts. Okay? Now, most state Supreme Courts, the people who sit on those benches, particularly in, in states that are run by Republicans, they're Republican-dominated. Well, so is this one, except it's still voted five to two mm-hmm. to get rid of the gerrymandered districts. And he's like, well, fuck you. I want to impeach you now. That's it. That's his methodology. Welcome okay. to America. Yep. This is it. People can't – this is why gerrymandering matters. Okay, we, we – it's really something that needs to be paid attention. And it's going on in, I believe, in North Carolina as well. Right. I yeah. think there's a, yeah. there's a case going on there as well. And you take a look at these people that have basically held on to power because it's mm-hmm. like this guy in uh, New Jersey. Okay? Yeah. Lindsey Brown in the 7th District or the 8th District or whatever in Jersey. Okay, This guy got elected. He's been there for five terms. After his second term, they redrew the uh, the district mm-hmm. so that it was whiter and richer. <laughs> hey, who wouldn't want a whiter, richer district? <laughs> you know, they literally have it like carved so it like skirts around mm-hmm. Jersey City and yeah. Newark. It, like it avoids that. You know, it avoids yes. the car theft capital of the universe, which I believe Jersey City is. I think they more more cars stolen. I mean, the funniest story I ever heard. You know, back in the days when you had like, you know, the stereo you pull out, mm-hmm. okay, and you would see these people, they would put these things in their car windows, and it would say, uh, no stereo, I take mine with me, you right, know, and it right, had like right. the logo of the thing. Yeah. friend of mine, this is a true story, all right, came back, came out one morning and found the window mm-hmm. in his car, smashed, he had one of those things, mm-hmm. and a note on the seat that said, just checking. <laughs> I swear to God, because what people would do is they would pull it out and stick it under their seat. Yeah. They yeah, wouldn't actually yeah, take it with yeah, them. Right. And so the guy left a, a, a note that said, just check it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he almost deserves the car stereo just for that. I still I still have, because uh, they didn't have uh, standard Bluetooth things when I got my car yeah. old, so I bought a stereo specifically for it. And, of course, the faceplate comes off. Right. I had one so of those. Yeah, the faceplate yeah. that comes yeah, off. Yeah, I can take it, put it in my pockets, rendering it worthless. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like there's no stereo there. It just that's a, Well, that's right. the other thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing that I remember is another friend of mine, what he had is he had one where you would take off the, the, the plate and he had a fake one that went on that looked like a just a junk AM-FM turn dial. That's wonderful. Thing that went on. So it looked like there was no tape player or mm-hmm. CD player in there. It looked like it was an old junk one. Right. So I thought I thought that was actually pretty creative because they'd take a look and see that and just figure out, fuck it, and move on to where they could find one that was, that was good. So, right. But still, the just checking note beautiful uh, that's that no more calls please we have a winner we're going to keep the groove going here on the groove of soflowradio.com Philosophical defense for all that 
This hocus-pocus spirit stuff is going to help us now? What do you think? Some angel is going to miraculously come down out of the sky and stop, say, 350 billion tons of oil from being spilled into our oceans every year? Maybe some ghost will stop all the cars from using gasoline. Maybe, maybe somehow some spirit will trip the big switch and all the technology that's been repressed for the last 70 years will suddenly be ours and it'll be a better place to live, a beautiful place. See, I love the spirit world and I loved your father, but it doesn't matter right now. What really matters is the cold, hard reality of this world, and that's what we got to deal with. I didn't want to resort to violence. I don't have a choice, and I'm not taking any chances this time, because I can't. It's always been Isn't it time that he was out on his own? Over the garden wall, two little lovebirds, cuckoo, cuckoo, keep them moving sharp. I know what I like, and I like what I do. Cool, man. 
sun beats down and I lie on the bench, I can always hear them talk. Me? I'm just a lawnmower. You can tell me by the way I walk.
There you go, baby. DJ Lean Rock. That is from Between the Breaks, the SBR sessions. That's volume two. If you go onto YouTube and look for Between, it's like B-E-T-W-N-T-H-E-B-R-K-S, Between the Breaks, the SBR sessions, volumes one and two. These guys have taken breakdancing to a level that, for me, I think is phenomenal. It is absolutely incredible what these guys are doing. I mean, I, you know, I was just saying to you, I, I grew up at, you know, during the birth of breakdancing in New York City. And these guys would go out, you know, piece of fucking cardboard and spin around and stuff. And now it's gymnastics. It's a floor exercise you would expect to see during the Summer Olympics. Except the difference here is that the music is so much fucking cooler <laughs> than whatever they're coming up with during the Olympics. Because, you know, that's always lame music. If I would love to see somebody do a routine with DJ Lean Rock doing, you know, doing the music behind it. It's absolutely great stuff. Go ahead and look it up. It's 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 just great stuff. You know where it's come to these days. This kind of dancing, and it's it's all over the world now. It it is like there's competitions, and there are mm-hmm. guys who do specific videos of these guys dancing in various places in the world, and they put. But whoever directed and edited this video is a genius. He slows it down at certain mm-hmm. times, so like the guy's in the middle of a move, and you see him like oh. just pause, and then it brings it back in. Uh-huh. Okay? But it's on beat. He stays on beat. Oh, cool. And he's got a camera on the floor that basically just gradually moves back and forth hmm. really slowly. It's, it's, so, it's a really cool video. All right. Whoever put it together before that. Infectious grooves. I love these guys. Stop funking with my head. That's from their. Uh, it's their first uh, album, "The Plague That Makes Your Body Move." Came out in '91. That's uh, what was that? Uh, Suicidal Tendencies. You know, the guy from Suicidal mm. Tendencies put together that little funk band there. Before that, yeah, Genesis. I know what I like. That is from Live the Rainbow in 1973. I got a bunch of different versions of that. I was thinking about playing the uh, the studio. Version I think is from uh, Selling England by the Pound or something like that. But uh, this particular version I liked a lot for that. Another clip from On Deadly Ground. That is uh, some wisdom from Sensei Steven Seagal. <laughs> you know? Hey, man, that whole movie, say what you will about this guy. That mm-hmm. entire movie was about oil companies bad. You know? <laughs> that, that's the, the entire thing, which, you know, all right. I can get behind that. I got no problem with that. Before that, Elvis Costello moods for moderns from armed forces. Before that, yeah, Howlin' Wolf. Shake for me. That is from uh, his second album. Uh, it's just called Howlin' Wolf, but it's also called the Rocking Chair album. It's got a picture of a rocking chair on it. So that kind of, they actually, some of the later uh, releases of it actually call it the Rocking Chair album. It's like a collection of his songs from the early 60s. You know, 60 to 62, 3, 4, something like that. And kicking off the set, Apes, Pigs, and Spacemen, PVS from their CD Transfusion. Those guys are from England that came out in 1995. Those guys are pretty cool, man. They've got a, they got a sound going on. They never really made it big, but uh, they've got some great tracks out there. So, a couple of things. Uh, I don't know why I wrote this down, but I said that we have uh, cryptocurrency in an age of crypto policy. Mm-hmm. Which I thought is, you know, did you patent that? Well, I'm, you know, trademark. All right, there you go. There it you is. Said it. But I, you know, we have 
what what makes I said, you know, what do uh, Bitcoin and the Trump administration have in common? Neither one of them has any intrinsic underlying genuine value. Right. There's there's no there's there's no there there in either case. You know. So uh some other I, I just jotted down a few uh random headlines All right. that caught my eye recently. <laughs> this one cracks me up. Native American Council offers amnesty to two hundred and forty million undocumented whites. Hey <laughs> Where can we sign up? <laughs> that, that's a classic one. Trump's Kentucky chairman chair pleads guilty to child sex trafficking yeah there's a lot of that going around you saw that one in kentucky yeah well yep. you know kentucky. i mean the question is if a married couple from kentucky moves to california and get a divorce are they still legally brother and sister yes you can use your draw from earlier for, uh, oh for i can kentucky. use that now yeah yeah that's appropriate because it ain't kentucky. montana no more it it's is. cold country <clears throat> baby if they sound like anything if they, you know how they well, how they talk in california that's how they sound in montana too <laughs> yeah for sure totally Totally, dude. I'm telling you, everywhere that if they put anywhere where they put white zinc on your nose because of either surfing or skiing, yeah, for sure. You talk, or or yachting, yeah, you talk, or yachting, yeah, you talk, yachting. you talk like you know. I was in California. I was in uh, where was this? This was uh, in like outside of San Diego, and I was uh, there with uh, my then girlfriend, uh, and we were on the beach. We we were like staying at this place, and we went to one of these. It's like a club that shows up from time to time. It was called Taxi T A X X X I. Okay, and it was like one of these things. It was like every two weeks it would be at this particular club, and we're standing online. And I swear to God, I heard this sentence. Okay, yo, dude, me and these dudes went over to this dude's house. (laughs) I was like, what do you have a three dude per sentence quota? That's a real sentence. Yo, dude, me and these dudes went over to this dude's house. Dude. <laughs> I was like, you got it. This one uh, I thought was interesting. Oxycontin maker will stop promoting opioids to doctors. No. no. I, I read this story. Not exactly. They're cutting their sales staff in half. Yeah. Okay. So they're only going to push it half as hard. Half as hard. They're being sued out yeah. the yin yang. It's like now. They, they had a meeting and decided at this point we can coast. <laughs> well, yeah, they've already. We got some. We got enough this momentum. Is like one of those things from Live and Let Die where, where yeah. he's talking to Mr. Big and he goes, "You're just gonna, you know, you're you're gonna give heroin away." He goes, "I am." He's like, "I'm just gonna give it away, merely un- until only until the number of addicts is doubled." Hmm. You know, he's like, I'm just going to sure. give it away. Well, OxyContin, man, what do you? Do? They were, they weren't, they weren't giving it away. Now they're just not going to uh, push no, they it. Were, originally, yeah. they weren't giving it away right. because it was basically being sold very, very cheaply through prescriptions that were written mm-hmm. by these pain clinics. You know, yeah. you got to wonder if uh, the El Chapos of the world said, "Look, you do the front end. We'll pick up." Yeah, and when they finally clamp down on you, once the number of addicts has doubled, mm-hmm. okay. We'll we'll step in then. We we we've got the product they're going to need then because you guys won't be able to do it legally anymore. Mm. Uh, this one, Florida surfer server stiffed by church on seven hundred and thirty five dollar bill, fired over Facebook rants. She brought a delivery mm-hmm. to a church. The total was seven hundred thirty five dollars, and they didn't tip her. Mm. So she went on to Facebook and bitched about it. And got fired by the restaurant. Alas. Alas. There's no justice. What uh, What was the religion? I want to know. 
Well, it was a church. It was a church, right? So it was it was goyim. All right. That's oh, Tony, yeah, that's Tony wants yeah. everybody to know Jesus is that it was whatever whatever church. church it is. Okay, there. Jesus is their savior. Well, yet somehow they couldn't well, care less. What I'm, he actually go- said. I'm going to throw in and wager that they weren't Catholic either. Okay. All right. I'm just going to say. I just well, there's no t- right because well, they would have tied because if they're they would have they would have given what seventy three seventy three dollars fifty cents. Well, because because if they were Cuban, they'd be Catholic, and Cubans make a big show of tipping. It's like it's like hey, look how much I can afford to tip over here. <laughs> now, I'm like, from New York, man. I, you know, tipping is you, you tip. That's what you do. That's what you do. This one, um, for for some reason, I just I was going through some numbers. And at the beginning of 2017, I said that while it pained me to say this, you know, I thought that because oil prices by the end of 2017 were going to go up, that companies like Halliburton would be a good long-term investment. And I started looking at some of the numbers here. This is interesting. In 2015, Halliburton's stock price was probably about $73, $74. And their revenue, their quarterly revenue was – Eight and a half billion dollars. Since then, from basically 2000, started 2015 to basically the end of 2016, Halliburton's revenue on a quarterly basis has mm-hmm. dropped from over eight and a half billion to about four billion per quarter. Now, their stock price kept going down right until the beginning of 2016. Even as their revenue kept dropping, their stock price started to go back up. And now, it's back up to 57, and the revenue is now back up to $5.44 billion per quarter. Keep an eye on Halliburton. Okay. Okay. Now that um, the budget came out and they put all that money in for the military, plus the mm. uh, imposition of the 30% tariff on solar panels, so they're trying to keep the uh, oil cartels in play. Mm-hmm. Halliburton's, this is, this is, you know, this is a boon for Halliburton, man. They're loving that action. So keep an eye on that. So uh, these are the ones that really caught my eye. Um, Harley Davidson is having a uh, having a bit of a bad time, and I described it as the dark days. Uh, you know, the darkest days since uh, fell on black days. That was it. They have fallen on black days. You know, their their original black days is when they got bought out by AMF mm-hmm. in the seventies. Uh, uh, let me see. We got a deepening slump in U.S. motorcycle demand is spurring more job cuts and a plant closure for Harley Davidson. OK, now this is a company that Trump, you know, called a model American manufacturer. The The Milwaukee based motorcycle maker will close its factory in Kansas City, Missouri and consolidate production in York, Pennsylvania. Um, the restructuring will eliminate 260 U.S. jobs. That's Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Harley Davidson is America. I mean. That's like Zippo. Okay, I, 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 I don't want to say, you know. Sorry, Trump, they brought it on themselves. The Trump praised the company last year as a great example of a business creating jobs and building factories in the country. Harley is consolidating its U.S. manufacturing presence as its bike sales fall on every continent. The company projected global sales will drop as much as 4.9% in 2018, which is a 6.7% decline from last year. One of the interesting uh, things about this is they cited that their loss was due to the tax bill, which is screwing them. Mm. It is screwing them over. Of course, there were some other uh, factors. Your Harley recalls nearly 175,000 bikes in the U.S. because brakes can fail. Oops, a daisy. So that's going to cost them $29 million. 
uh, to cover that. It's model years 2008 through 2011. Worldwide, it's about 251,000. They were investigated by the uh, Highway Traffic Safety Administration uh, for problems with their brakes after getting 43 complaints, uh, three crashes and two injuries. It's linked to a particular module. Now, the thing is, is that Harley-Davidson has now committed to making an electric motorcycle. This is all happening at the exact same time. It's going to be here in 18 months. I had a conversation with a guy I know who's a biker, mm-hmm. hardcore Harley guy. And I said, would you buy an electric Harley? No, it's not going to be the same. And I was like, what if it was? What if it felt and sounded the same, but it happened to be electric? No. Hmm. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm. That's one of those things that blows my mind. I, I don't understand it. But what's interesting here is that um, in 1952, following their application to the U.S. Tariff Commission for a 40% tax on imported motorcycles, Harley-Davidson was charged with restrictive practices. Now, in the early 80s, Harley-Davidson claimed that Japanese Manufacturers were importing motorcycles in the U.S. in such volume as to harm or threaten to harm domestic producers. Okay. Yeah. You know, during the 80s when Reagan, mm-hmm. Mr. Mm-hmm. Free free Trade, mm-hmm. you know, laissez-faire economics, okay. After an investigation by the U.S. International Trade Commission, President Reagan in 1983 imposed a 45% tariff on imported bikes with engine capacities greater than 700 cc's. So Harley-Davidson doesn't make a motorcycle right. under 700 cc's. Mm-hmm. Okay, they don't. Right. Okay. And if they did, nobody would buy it. Not even chicks. Chicks right. who ride Harleys don't want a 500 cc Harley. Trust right. me. I right. know them. Right. They want the full, you know, the full thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley-Davidson subsequently rejected offers of assistance from Japanese motorcycle makers. However, the company did offer to drop the request for the tariff in exchange for loan guarantees from the Japanese. This was basically government-mandated extortion. Mm-hmm. The Reagan said, we're going to put a 45% tax on your motorcycles. Japanese said, okay, well then, we'll help finance Harley-Davidson if you don't do that. Oh, okay. They basically forced Japanese motorcycle makers to give harley davidson some money yeah so they can yeah. go out of business i you know look i love harley davidson as much as anybody i don't even know how to ride a motorcycle mm-hmm. but it's harley davidson okay it's like it's like zippo it's 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 a it really is one of those companies that you know gets my patriotic swirl up it's mm-hmm. a fucking harley pal yeah okay we make them you don't fuck you nobody else makes them like that no. those those bikes no. are they are they're the real deal, Neil. I don't mm-hmm. care if they got brake problems, okay? You take that rice burner piece of shit and shove it up your ass. Those crotch rockets, my mm-hmm. friend would call them. Death machines. I remember being on the Autobahn in Germany long, long, long time ago. And I'm in a car, and we're doing probably about 90 on the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. And blowing by us. And I mean, all you hear is... They must have been doing 140, 150 on like mm-hmm. uh, V, uh, V45, V Honda V45s, Honda V65s. These things were outrageous. But still, you know, so what? The Harleys, they're just, they sound right. 
the sound of a Harley. They tried to patent mm-hmm. that sound, by the way. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think they 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 literally they they had a site where you could get the sound of a Harley Davidson as like mm-hmm. a, as a ringtone. Okay, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Well, this brings me to the solar power thingy. Mm-hmm. All right, basically. This is one of those things that has gotten my gumption way the fuck up. And a friend of mine, um, well, actually, not anymore. It was one mm-hmm. as I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, but yeah. Was all over this as a uh, way. She, she, they said uh, she. This person wrote in order for core. You know, in in this person was supporting the tariff. You know, okay. She was coming out because, you know, it's from Trump. So therefore, by definition, it must be good. Right. Trump good, you bad. Exactly. It's, it's really I'm, kind I'm of glad you understand. She said uh, in order for corporations to be able to compete and pass on profits, they must have a better bottom line. Salaries and benefits have been stagnant for so long because there was no incentive. They moved their businesses overseas because, yes, they had, they need to make a profit. Uh, what, uh, how? Um, why shouldn't they? How will costs increase um, when there's competition here? Man, the solar products actually come from Mexico, which, by the way, is how Mexico will be paying for the wall. I thought that mm, was a classic yeah, line. There's a, there's a classic line for you. Um, but this line is the one that got me. Automation is the way of the future and has very little to do with anything. That's, that's what? a quote. What? what? That's <laughs> a quote. Let me read it again. Automation is the way of the future and has very little to do with anything. A limited number of jobs is still better than no jobs or even loss of jobs from driving corporations out of the U.S. Tariffs are not extortion, which is what I described. That's a silly argument. We're buying Chinese-made solar panels anyway, and Americans are not, we're not able to compete. But now we have competition. That's what my friend said. Yeah. Oh, now, the okay. lunacy of that prima facie is right. stunning. So, I mean, automa- automation is the wave of the future. Where is it? Uh, that's the classic line. That is literally the classic line right there. Uh, that line literally, I don't even know what to say about something. Automation is the way of the future and has very little to do with that, anything. That's a word salad. Yeah. It's that's like the, if, if it's the way of the future, so, then basically you're saying that the way of the future so, is irrelevant. So you and, want to turn back. jobs and so where the factory and where the factories are. Yeah. So where the fa- where where the factories are and where the jobs are is irrelevant. That's what you're saying. So why are you in this conversation? Please excuse yourself. Well, I go, I couldn't know. help myself. I was said that according to recent data, less than four percent of all products used in solar panels here are produced in Mexico. Um, so if that's how they're going to do it, we need to get a vig out of them. And I said, automation is everything to do with everything. You're claiming that corporations have to have a bottom line in order to remain competitive. I said it's kind of hard to yelp out something like that in lieu of all the old cheering on the rise of the stock market, don't you think? Or are those two different corporate bottom lines? All right? American solar companies have had great bottom lines for years, okay? Um, but the thing is, is that a little bit of research, okay, which is what I did, reveals that – the bulk of employment in the solar power industry is in installation, not production. The tariff will not create new jobs. It will destroy far more, all because you and other supporters of President Trump's anti-competition tariff are under the impression that when, Amer- that when corporate America does well, the average 
Working stiff does well. Wrong! Solar panel manufacturing is highly automated. So riddle me this. Why is it good for us to produce them more expensively here than somewhere else? Who benefits? Certainly not the average consumer who will now be forced to pay more for a residential solar installation while at the same time not increasing by one penny the profits of the people paid to actually install it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I said that she was right about one thing. We've been buying Chinese solar panels anyway, but you were wrong about everything else because that's exactly how we have been able to compete. I don't give a rat's ass about three or four American solar panel manufacturing companies bitching like little girls because they can't compete with China. Mm -hmm. You want to know why? Because I care about being able to provide millions of American citizens with cheap, clean, renewable solar energy much more than I care about some government cronies, you know, like Solyndra, mm-hmm. okay, getting fat contracts so they can hire a few hundred people to make overpriced solar panels so that the owners of the company can make more money to donate to Trump's next campaign. And I ask, who do you care about? The owner of the company or average Joe? Okay. Now, there's an interesting report out there uh, by the NREL, which is the... I don't know what it is, but they're the people that do these kinds of things, and they they submit it to the Department of Energy, okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, my real question, why do you think the 30% tariff is good for America? And more importantly, why do you think it's good for the average American citizen? I, I, I'm surprised at your position on this because I don't think you fully uh, consider the opportunity cost of this misguided attempt at MAGA. I said, if you pop the hood on a car, okay, if what's underneath it isn't labeled, I won't be able to tell you what it is. And if it is labeled, I probably won't be able to tell you precisely what it does. But when it comes to micro and macroeconomics, I spent a great deal of time under that hood. And I can tell you what things are and what they do and what they aren't and what they don't do. Okay. And this sham of a tariff will only lower our economy's gas mileage. And who benefits from lower gas mileage will bust my buttons. It's the same people who always benefited the fossil fuel cartels. And that's who President Trump was kowtowing to with this anti-capitalist decree. And I said, one more fact you might be interested in. The cost for an average homeowner to install and use a 5.7 kilowatt solar energy system for their own home has dropped. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. 61% between 2010 and 2017. Oh, nice. That price is going down 61%. And I said, I think that's great. Don't you think it's great? Mm-hmm. That average Joe can now cut out, you know, more easily afford to be mm-hmm. able to install these things and cut out the FPLA, you know, the FPL yes. middleman yes. and have the freedom to produce his own electricity. Or do you think it's better for companies like Ceneva and ECM and FPL to make a greater profit? The opportunity cost of a few more jobs, as she put it, is the freedom of millions of Americans to pay less for electricity. I promise you, lower electric bills for millions is far more good for our economy based on the current GDP money multiplier than creating a few thousand new jobs. Okay? I want America to continue to be the greatest nation on earth in every regard, and I've looked at the numbers. Have you looked at the numbers? If you do, I think you'll agree with me that lower cost for many in this instance is better than more wages for a scant few. And I said, uh, what else did I write down? I said, uh, I said, the subject is increasingly important to me, and I'm certain that it's important to you as well, since it centers around both 
the continued success of the greatest experiment in democracy the world has ever known, and the continued life of the planet on which it resides. I, I am stunned that people support, in any way, shape, or form, this tariff. Well, it makes zero zero uh, cent. I, ha- I haven't had no one of. I, I have. I have. I have called so many of these people from my life that that I, I called that this I, person that I mercifully that I mercifully not having very many of these conversations. But first of all, I, I would. I, I have would, hope. I would I try. Hope, you know. I would try. I would try to end it as quickly as possible by saying. I'm sorry. Are you a Republican arguing in favor of a government-imposed trade regulation? I, I am. I'm stop right there because I am disbelieving that you are a Republican. You are merely pretending to be a Republican because you enjoy the bigotry. I'm here for the bigotry. I'm only here for the bigotry. I don't understand or agree with any of their economic policies whatsoever, or any just in any anybody's right. economic policies. I'm just here for the bigotry. So whatever they say is good. I'm going to say it's good. What do you mean Republicans stand for? No, uh, no tariffs. What? Since when? Uh, since forever, you idiot. Yeah, and and you know this is one of these things that you and I were talking about. Why we love so shut what up. Rand so Paul right. did. Yeah, yeah, we love it. You go, Rand. You know, absolutely. He's not exactly one of my favorite people, but he did one of my favorite things in recent memory on Listen, the Florida Senate. Anybody He's that goes against their, their yes. Under, yes, he did. So, so that's first of all. Second of all, if anybody, but but this, of course, they believe what they want to believe. If this didn't dissuade the person from continuing this conversation, I, I would point out, if anybody believes that this was this tariff was imposed to protect what the the American solar panel manufacturing industry, Which, as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to obviously making solar panels more expensive, so that we can we can keep the oil burning, the oil fires burning, no, the, the beauty of the that is the, the price for companies like FPL to install their solar panels to create mm-hmm. energy has dropped even more. Mm-hmm. We have already we are already on target to get to our baseline cost of the. Dollars is dollar per watt. Yeah. Okay. Is how they base these things. How sure. much does it cost to install what a wonderful world particular it watts? Will be. Okay. FPL, their prices dropped over seventy percent. They've already we've already met our target nationwide on that kind of large scale solar farm we, thing that we had targeted for twenty twenty. We might live to see the day that the only thing they burn gasoline in is the Harley. Assuming they're still in business. I'm going to tell you something. That would be just fine with me. It really, I'm, I'm okay with that. If for no other reason, then you know what Harleys get per gallon? Like Mm -hmm. 70, 80 miles per gallon. Okay. I can live with that. I'm all right. You know, I'm not saying you get rid of it completely. I'm just saying, well, actually, yeah, I kind of am. But, you know, this is one of those things. You can't, you can't be a fiscal conservative and preach laissez-faire economics and open markets mm-hmm. yeah and then impose xenophobic no, tariffs this, it has nothing to do with xenophobia this was for the oil companies oh yeah this is total kowtowing yeah. this is absolutely i i this spoke is, about this solar. i spoke about this last year at the very beginning of the year when i said that the pipe he's going to have to pay the piper and the piper mm-hmm. in this case is the oil industry at some point he's going that's why i said watch oil prices watch halliburton because at some point He's got to make good on his deal. Yeah. Okay, with these people who financed him and continue to finance him. 
you know, the electricity just isn't as good unless it's made with boiled water. <laughs> hey, I remember you saying it takes, what, eight gallons to make a, a tire? Right, eight gallons of oil. We need to save that oil for yeah. our tires, Dad. For our tires. I, but this is one of those things that makes me want to pull my hair out. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It makes no sense. The, uh, our part, th- these, they're gone. These people, they're gone. Trump did it. If I disagree with that, I would have to admit uh, a lot of other things as well, and, and I'm not gonna, so it's good. Shut up, you. That's well, it. That's, that's it. I'm I, not, so I don't want to talk anymore. I don't believe you. I don't believe you're a Christian. I don't I believe do, you're a Republican. I, just I, I find it, you know, and you were saying you've called these people from your Facebook card. Not all of I, them. I have, I've literally, I am clutching tightly to my resolution to debate it with civility and I, not... You know, to state sh- it with civility and not debate it with rancor. I don't want to debate it. I don't want to have a conversation. Well, that's the I, thing. I don't I've now to, stopped to a certain, yeah. you know, every once in a while I just can't help myself. But <sighs> Alas. it's tough. And I, I, I'm mystified by this. I'm mystified by support of this. I would have thought that this would have been the perfect opportunity for people to go, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's why I love what Rand Paul did. He basically went out on the floor. Every single politician, both Republican and Democrat, mm-hmm. castigated this guy. For what they said was a show, it was a sham. No, he knew it was going to no. pass. Spot he just on. did it, and Spot you know what? On, yeah. He's on the record. He's yeah. on the record as calling out these people for exactly what they are, which is lying, hypocritical. Yeah. The Republicans are all about being fiscally conservative when Democrats are in office, but when they're in office, yeah. they're spendthrift. They're mm-hmm. they're happy yeah. to spend money yeah. that I, isn't theirs, I, right. As anybody, and usually. Kowtow, you know, right. in, in a manner that kowtows to the, the oil, oil and military. military industrial complex, the narco industrial complex, yeah. private prisons, oh, cops, right. you know, yep, yep, you know, the, the, no, no, prison. Not military the cops. The cops. The cops aren't getting raises. They're getting military hardware, but they're, they're not yeah. getting raises. They're not getting raises. They're oh, not yeah. getting a pension. And now they have to right. pay. And now they don't get a tax write off if right. they have to buy an extra uniform or gun or holster. Right. 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 That's right. Don't think, they're not pro law enforcement. They're not pro the men in blue. That's no, a, that's pro, another word. No, they're, they're, they're pro, pro the, the people, industry. Right. The industry. The law enforcement industry. Exactly what it is. You know, mm. asset forfeiture. This is it's all. Yeah, this is like a huge money yes. making. Yeah, our, our law enforcement. You know, law enforcement was never supposed to be a profitable venture. Hey. You're not just like the news. The news was never meant to be a a profit maker for TV stations. Well, law enforcement was never supposed to be a a industry. It wasn't supposed to be an industry. It well. wasn't supposed to be part of capitalization and part of our gdp why do you hate america commie that's <laughs> arm yourself hippie get a haircut hippie i'm gonna do just that but you know what before i do that we got to get back to the groove on soflowradio.com
friendship seven is on track number five. I wanna be twisting when John passed by. They did the twist. Way out of space. 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 Venus gave a twist and party. Way out of space. She invited Pluto. To twist the night away Pluto invited Mars Mars invited Neptune Neptune invited Jupiter And Jupiter invited the moon They did the twist Way out of space 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 Way up there they had a jubilee The jockey folks, they had a jamboree. They were drinking cider from a old tin cup. They felt so good, they got all shook up. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Way out of My guy in D.C. tells me that we are not dealing with a student here, we're dealing with a professor. He's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire. You could drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's going to show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. This guy's a professional. You got me? Had blocks locked, ask Avon, that's real talk. What's up, B-Mo? Bad boy, got Diddy on the T-Mode. I'm ill, make it look simple. DJ, bring it back like a rental. Drinks don't stop, we party all night. And that ain't where I go, I let it go like... Ra, I'm ill, I'm ill, I'm ill, I'm ill. So, I'm ill, 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 I'
My name was Willis, they probably call me Will. But I'm the illest, so that's why they call me ill. Ill. You niggas discuss me, and they ain't talking about shit unless they discuss me. Funeral fab, yeah, I'm in the building, y'all. Hall black on, and I be killing y'all. So, the name speak for itself. You had a loser plus a lame, it'll equal yourself. Live from Bedford, Stuyvesant, the livest one. Still on my grizzly, no Iverson. You ain't a gangster, you an off-duty cop. With your fake ass, they should call you booty shots. Yankee game, better cease than Rudy got. Fruity pot, has me with the eyes, Matt Suey got. That you, that you are not. Red dot on your head's the best tattoo you got. I'm ill. I'm ill, I'm too hot, how the f I'm gon' chill, lay back, made back, backseat, I'm ballin' like an athlete, talk cheap, everyone could afford, shake down here, now I ain't wanna applaud, now it's showtime, time to camp call, I'm in the building, and I'm the landlord, from the east, opposite of Kanye, no appetizers, just entrees, just four doors, maybe a couple coops, everybody eatin', no cup of soups, general arm, Just showed up, don't pass me nothing, already rolled up Drinks don't stop, party all night And anywhere I go, I let it go like Let me touch this remix, switch it up a little bit and do something for the ladies You're rockin' with the best, you pour it all less, no just the way you want it, baby And I can do it all night, compatible with all types No discrimination, turn the lights out, I can bring your freak out, make you wanna creep out Illin' and LeBron on a fast break, Illin' and Horatio on his last case Look in the sky, nigga, live in that place, if they try to run with arm, leaving them in last place Thuggin' in the club The top off my bottle, dipping in the spur, the top off my model. I feel like I win everything except Lotto. Got a dollar in the dream, so I still play Lotto. I'm ill, ill like Jigga Man on the hook. Back when I was reeing up, I was the man, I was the cook. Turning one into three, now I'm running in three. RB cheeks, who wouldn't want to be me? I'm ill, 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 I'm 
is Lance Lopez from his 2007 CD, Higher Ground. There's like a ton of great versions of that song out there. That's one of those songs where there are lots and lots of great versions. And one of the reasons is because of how great a song it is. One of my favorite albums, Inner Visions, the Stevie Wonder album, one of my all-time favorite albums. That actually is uh, the label that Lance Lopez is on. is called Grooveyard Records which I think is nice. He's out of Dallas. Boy, that Red Cafe with uh, Jay-Z. Yeah. Double shot of Jay-Z today. Had him with Amory, and now we got him with Red Cafe. I'm ill. 2015, the perfect case of uh, a song that is sampling a sample from another song that sampled another song. So they're sampling in the background. The entire backbeat is uh, the Rob Bass uh, DJ Easy Rock. It takes two. It takes two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which, of course... Samples the original song, Think, by Lynn Collins, which uh, I, of course, have played on the show. For that, another clip from On Deadly Ground. One of my favorite clips of all that. I just, that clip right there cracks me up about how you could leave this guy at the North Pole wearing nothing but, you know, but bikini briefs without his toothbrush. And tomorrow afternoon, he'll show up at your poolside with a million dollars smile and a fistful of pesos. My kind of guy right there. Before that. Robert Parker, twisting out in space. That's the B-side of a 45 uh, mashed potatoes that he came out with in 62. If that song sounds familiar, it should. It's uh, Robert Parker did uh, the song uh, Barefoot. Went to a party the other night. Long tall Sally was out of sight. Threw away her skirt and her high sneakers too. She was doing a dance without any shoes. She barefoot. The same guy got that same kind of feel to it so it's a great little tune there that guy uh, he actually started out uh robert parker started out in new orleans with uh, professor longhair so that's you know how he got his start professor longhair was like he had like that gap in his career and then there was like this comeback when they started doing a heritage foundation you know the new orleans jazz festival which is now new no longer a jazz festival it's just a new orleans music festival when when the who play your music festival i think it's kind of hard to label it as a jazz festival now, that's where I come out before that. The Pretenders, Middle of the Road from Learning to Crawl. That came out in 84. That was uh, right after a couple of their guys, you know, decided to slam dope and kill themselves. So what are you going to do, right? Right. Yeah, shit happens. And kicking off the set is the original version of the song, Bad Betty. Now, I played the song that came out um, that was done by the Sonics. Okay, Bad Betty is there, you know, is the first, like, new song they had come out with in, like, 50 years. Kicks ass. I'm a huge Sonics fan. Well, what they did was uh, Rob Lind of the Sonics asked a bunch of people out there in, you know, in the West Coast of Seattle, that whole area, to submit a few songs mm-hmm. to the band because they were getting back. They wanted to record some stuff, and this song got picked as the one. It's by a guy named Jim Davies. And basically, uh, he said, I wrote this for them and recorded it with a few members of my old band, the Dirty Birds. So, um, you know, that's the original version of Bad Betty, which is a kick-ass song by the Sonics. I played that a couple of times. So a little bit of history in there for you. You know, you know how you get from point A to point B. It's a dynamite version. Sonics took it, made it their own. Also a dynamite version. So that stuff kicks ass. So it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362. 
it was uh Dave Carey's birthday. It was like a couple of weeks ago. And he had shot a video, like this 17-minute video of him going through his shop. And I posted it. And I swear to God, it was literally a 17-minute summation of why this guy is far and away the best auto mechanic I have ever met. Okay? Ever. And I said, uh, he's the only guy I've ever felt entirely comfortable with enough to let him pop my hood or poke around under my chassis. Okay? (laughs) Not that I've, you know, there's anything wrong with that. But uh, bumper to bumper, any make, any model, any era, from Model T's to Tesla's, I promise you the five words you're never going to hear from Dave and his entire ASE certified crew are, we couldn't find that part. Okay, and the reason is because my man Dave is such a tool-and-die magician that next to him, MacGyver comes off like a mechanical retard. <laughs> Seriously. He's incredible. And the video, it, it, I'm watching this thing, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is like, he's the kind of guy you'd expect to see in the pits at a NASCAR race. You know, he's, he's that good. Just some of the stuff he is doing. Very, very easy to get to. It is right off I-95. You go west on Atlantic, make the left turn on Andrews, the right on third, and he's two blocks up. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com website, click on the box on the top row that says Tony C. SoFlo Groovathon, and that's going to take you to my now much faster loading page. I am very grateful for that. Where Every show I've ever done is available to be listened to or downloaded for free because, at least for the moment, one cannot put a price on Groove. Groove should be free. It should be disseminated free of charge to the masses. And above the link for each show, you're going to see a list of the songs that I played on that show. So you can see every single song I've ever played on every single show. And right above the lineup for the latest show, you're going to see a link for Precision Auto Works. You click on the link, it takes you right to their page, which tells you everything you need to know. Absolutely Groovathon approved. Mention the Groovathon. There is a discount, but you're not going to need it. Because Dave is the rarest of breeds. You want to know what he is? He's an honest auto mechanic. Ooh. I know. I know. Take a deep breath. You don't hear that kind of stuff too often. He is an honest auto <laughs> mechanic. That was one of the things in the video. Some guy had brought in some, uh, I can't remember what it was, some you know fancy new car. And he was having a problem with some part of it. Uh, some brake light thing was going on. And Dave was saying, you know, what most people do is they take out the entire thing. He goes, what I did is I just hooked up this particular thing to the central system and realized that the fuses were out. So I saved him about two grand in two days, <laughs> you know, worth the grief. Now, you got to love that kind of stuff. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It is absolutely the place where people who love their cars take their cars. A little hang time there, a little hang time there. You know what that, you know, it comes right after that carefully crafted slogan. Yeah, baby. Time for the drive groove. And this week, I'm going to put a tasty morsel of swag out on the Groovathon stoop and see if anybody's got the rock history yabos to snatch it up. All right. The second song in the drive groove is a live version of an all time classic medley of surf hits. Okay. All right. It is performed by a guitar legend who is still performing to this day. He's actually, uh, he's got some dates coming up. Okay. I was taking a look. I'm not going to tell you where he's from. 
because that would right. make it far too easy. Okay. The first person to email me the name of the artist and the four classic songs that are covered in this medley is going to get the finest in SoFlo Radio formal wear mm-hmm. sent right to their mailbox or for the more highfalutin amongst you, your concierge in the lobby. Okay. And I'm telling you straight up. Okay. This contest is going to go on as long as it fucking has to until there's a winner. All right. All right. All right. You can email me at Tony C at SoFlowRadio.com, or if you know me personally, send me a text. I want to know the name of the artist and the four songs that are covered in the medley. Now, it's the second song in the drive groove, okay? But before we get to the prize groove, we're going to get to the drive groove. We're going to get geared up by Brent Mason and Peter Frampton on the drive groove, SoFlowRadio.com.
Santana and Buddy Miles doing the uh, Band of Gypsies classic changes. That is live from the Crater Festival, which is uh, held out in uh, Diamond Head on uh, the island of Oahu, where Honolulu is. That's from 1972. So there you go, Tom. You happy? I got your Buddy Miles in there for you. Before that, Rock Candy Funk Party. The song is called In the Groove from their new CD, The Groove Cubed. Came out last year. That, of course, got Joe Bonamasso on guitar. You know, it's a, I, I'm a fan of Rock Candy Funk Party. I played a bunch of their stuff before. And this particular CD has like maybe two or three tracks on it that really stood out. And then a bunch of other ones that really... It's like he's getting spread too thin, Bonamasso. He's got Black Country Communion. He's got his blues thing. He's got this other thing he does with his chick that he just came... I don't know. It just these guys are so they're they're incredibly talented musicians. I really thought they were going to be able to do more, but that track jumped right out of me. Before that, yeah, the surf medley, okay, the uh, the prize groove. I want to know who did it and the four songs covered in it. You can email me at Tony C at SoFloRadio dot com, or if you know me, just send me a text or email me or shoot me a message or whatever. First person to get it right will get. A soon-to-be-laundered SoFlow Radio shirt. Yeah, that's a collared shirt with a pocket, okay, 100% cotton, all black. It's large. It's a good shirt. It's not one of these fucking, you know, $3, I bought it at the store and then did my own, you know, pressing of it at home kind of shirt. No, 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 no. It's the real deal, Neil. Kicking off the set, Brent Mason geared up. That is... uh. With Peter Frampton, he does a thing called The Players, and it was from Nashville in 2004. And he had a bunch of, you know, Brent Mason's one of these incredible uh, studio guitar guys that would get together with a bunch of people, do a bunch of stuff. That's what he did. So there you go. All right. Another one in. Another one in, baby. 82 in the books. Happy as a clam. I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks, try and do the exact same thing again, just a little bit better. And... You know, it would please me greatly if somebody actually won this freaking shirt, okay, like before the next show, okay, because if that doesn't happen, I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. I'll be, I'll be bummed. I know somebody out there, you know, people that I know who might perhaps take the time to listen to this show from time to time, you know, if nothing else, just freaking skip to it and listen to the song and figure it out. Okay? It should be easy to figure out the songs. I knew what the songs were. That I got, yeah. no problem. But you got to tell me who it is, all right? Hint, he's still alive. He's still mm-hmm. touring, okay? And all right. And like I said, for this particular guy, one guitar ain't enough, so he had to make it two. There's your hint right there. Yeah, baby, how about that? We're going to uh, get out of here with a, little, a clip. This is a track. I've, I've got a bunch of stuff by this guy, and finding the right time to play it, okay, play his stuff – you know, in the set, didn't work, which is why I'm going to put it at the end of the show. It's R.L. Burnside. This guy is, you know, there's a uh, documentary out there. This guy went around and was looking for blues music that was still around, you know, mm-hmm. the old school. And he found this guy, and, you know, it's like Sugar Man, you know, one of those things. He gets discovered, and all of a sudden people start to thoroughly appreciate, you know, what this guy is and the the, uh, the purity of it, the rawness of it. You know, he's not futzing around. There's no, 
there's no voice box stuff or whatever they call that thing that people use. The auto tune. The auto tune. Yeah. This guy, this guy doesn't even know what fucking auto tune is. And, you know, I wish nobody did <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But uh, there you go, man. Lots of groove, lots of info. Like I said, I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks and do it again. As always, though, for myself and the man, Mix Master General Grants Master Flash, Los Georges, as always, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.